Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. We are honored that you share your time with us. Today, we continue our Masterclass educational series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil. My special guest co-host, Danielle Gibbons, joins me each month to share her perspective on the chosen topic and brings Mother Mary through to offer her divine wisdom and grace to the community. Danielle has served as full-body channel for Mother Mary since 1994, allowing Mother, in her distinct voice, to share universal truths and lend guidance for the human journey. Danielle is the author of Mother Mary's Pathway to Love and has connected people worldwide with Mother's love and grace through best-selling courses, life-changing retreats, radio appearances, and online events to inspire individuals to awaken and expand their consciousness. To learn more and join Danielle's community, visit BelovedPublications.com. Visit SpiritualInsightsRadio.com to subscribe to my periodic newsletter and receive important announcements about the show and explore more divine teachings. Once again, I encourage everyone in the community to review the archives as far back as October 2018 and absorb all that you can in what has been said. Mother and Metatron have been leading up to 2020 by sharing what we needed to hear in preparation for the time we are in now. At the time of this taping, it is March 2020. Today, Danielle, Mother, and I will continue the discussion about the significant shifts that are taking place in 2020. So let's welcome Danielle back to the show so we can get started, and we're going to tell you what we're talking about today. Wonderful to have you with me again. Thanks, Charlotte. It is wonderful to be here with you as always. Oh, thank you. So today we're going to do something a little different. Um, Normally, you know, there's a topic, and you and I, share our perspectives on it, personal experiences, what have you. Okay. Uh, but today it's going to be a little different in learning what the topic would be. Uh, when I spoke with Mother yesterday, I said I want to give her as much room as she needs, as much time as she needs to talk about what's happening because it's gotten, uh, as the listeners may have noticed, the topics and the tone of recent transmissions has become quite serious. Uh, mm-hmm. The current crisis is the coronavirus, which is being likened to the flu, and yet it's getting bigger and bigger, and not enough is being done about it. Uh, and right now, as of yesterday, all of Italy is in quarantine. So yeah. Yeah. this is quite serious. So what we agreed was let's just – we could just say how we feel about it and then put the spotlight on Mother and give her as much time as she needs to express what she wants to share with us. All I can say is I have an increasing feeling of dread. Mm. Yeah. 
and what do you feel is, can you go a little more expansive on that feeling of dread? Like, is it, is it connected just to the coronavirus or does it feel like a bigger something, like a bigger intuitive something? Oh, it's bigger. Absolutely. Um, and again, you know, we're privy to advanced information. We're not given extreme detail. I get what I call like the highlights or a, a small bullet list of what mm-hmm. the future, you know, looks like or might include. But then as it unfolds, you get the details. So what I'm looking yeah. at and observing, and I try to stay back here in observation mode and try not to emotionally get caught up. Um, the first thing is that it will impact my life in a way that all is lost kind of thing, you know, losing what you have, not, mm. not getting yeah. what you want. Um, in, in my community in Orlando, it's already had a financial impact and we have convention centers and we depend heavily on the tourism industry. Right. And the, there are very, very large groups who book well in advance these huge convention centers. Some were to hold 8,500 people, some 10,000, some more. And many of them have been canceled because of the threat of the coronavirus. And so Orlando, as of now, and or the convention center um, sector of that, has lost over $200 million due to canceled mm. events. So that's probably going to affect the county and residents and what would they do to recoup that? Tax us more? You know what I mean? So there's sure. worry about that. It's also uh, made currencies around the world less stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do have information about this summer of there being a financial crash. I'm also concerned about the impact on society. We are, as as we've been learning of, over the past several months, um, it's about connectedness and uh, reaching out to one another you know, and so yeah. what this does is it increases isolation. So it's it's not that I'm worried that we won't all connect as as a collective, but perhaps this is something one of those things where when you're pushed so far down, that makes you want to fly even higher, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then people really get okay. We need to connect in a healthy way, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, well, how about you? What are you observing? Well, I tend to have a very uh, – <laughs> I, I generally don't feel that feeling of dread that you're talking about on a, on a global level. Or I guess I would say that I feel that's always a possibility or a presence. And I don't mean that in like I'm depressed and feeling, you know, ter- negative all the time. But there is that understanding that when this many people live, even though our planet is pretty massive, but we have a lot of people living in small spaces. Um, you know, it's these are the kind, the, all the difficulties that we experience in society. This is this is a part of it, and. What I think is that these, when these times happen, uh, 
we it's so important yes the federal government or the government of any country is is important but it's really the local people you know the local community how is the governor or the um the mayor responding and i think mayors are really oddly enough in all this sort of craziness and divisiveness, I think the mayors of cities, no matter how tiny the city is, like our city is only 25,000 people, but we have an awesome mayor, you know, or the mayor of Chicago or the mayor of New York, you know, these are the, the mayor of Orlando. So these are the people that are really stepping up and making a huge difference. Like it's just a huge difference. Um, and I tend to, when things like this happen, I tend to turn to the local, like what's being done locally. And, and what I'm finding is really good stuff. Like our local people are on it, like super, super on it. And the, my son's high school is sending out, uh, almost daily emails about what they're doing um, why they're doing it. Uh, like I filled out a little, uh, a, just a tiny little five-question survey about uh, like, hey, if we had to close the school, could, could your kid get the schoolwork? Could, could we do teaching online? Are you, do you have a computer? Do you have an Internet connection? You know, uh, so they're, they're being really, really proactive. And I, I, and, of course, I know not every local place is like that, but we're in southern Oregon here. We're very rural, and so our counties, our counties are quite large, and people live, like, way out in the country. And so on the county level, I mean, it's, it's just been extraordinary, the response. Um, and so I tend to see a lot of positive um, and the impact financially. You know, gosh, Charlotte, at 54 years old, I've seen so many of these things happen. And it is sad some companies go out of business. I mean, I remember just with the financial collapse in 2008, 2006, 7, 8, the, it was like, the, or after 9-11, the entire travel industry was just decimated. Like, no yeah. one was going anywhere for like a yeah. year. It was crazy. And, you know, the government bailed them out, but a lot of smaller companies went out of business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that as sad as these things are and as difficult as they are, I have been... Spiritually, I see this, uh, you know, that whole, and I know this is corny, and everyone's like, oh, God, you know, but really, when doors close, spirit opens new doors, you know, the divine opens another door. So people who are in industries that are getting hit hard, they may have to get a new job, and, you know, if it's done from a place of love within themselves, they're going to find something even better. You know, they're going to find the job that suits them even more. 
But what happens right now is fear takes over, and that never helps anybody. It always right. just makes everything worse. Everything worse. Right. It, and absolutely. So, yeah. So I am trying to stay, you know, in a in a place of love and to recognize that these viruses most often, not a hundred percent, but most often, you know, uh like every other virus, they tend to devastate the very young, the very old, and the people who are ill, who are already compromised. And while that is not any kind of a comfort or a good thing, but it's also just part of being human, you know. It's just part of being human. And so I I am disappointed in the response at the federal level. I've been very, very, very... Um, not just disappointed, but very saddened by it and discouraged. Yeah. But from the local level, I've just been blown away at how amazing everyone's been. Like super responsive, really communicative, lots of, uh, uh, you know, information being put out. And, uh, yeah, that's been great. That's been really great. That's beautiful. And everything you said is so on point. Uh, you brought up, do you have a computer? Can the kids learn from home? That's something I was thinking about. What tends to weigh more heavily on me is so much the um, extreme worry. And I kind of mm-hmm. watch it with one eye while I try to focus on myself, what I'm doing, what I have in front of me. But it's like that, yeah. uh-oh, what now? And I worry for others. I don't like to see others suffer. So I, there are kids yeah. who don't have computers, and that that process would not be available to them or to an entire community like that. What you just said reminds me of the conversation I had the other day with a friend uh, who cannot go to work. I don't think she'll mind me saying this. Who cannot go to work because most of the products her company uses come from China. So it's already impacted her job. So what to do next, what to do now came up. And what came up was an idea. And I said, have you ever considered working in this industry? And she lit up. And she said, I would Uh love that. I I said, I think this is your chance to explore it with curiosity, love, and joy. Not worry, but with the curiosity, like I wonder – what I, what I could find if now that I have the time to go explore that. And I think that's where this whole thing for her is taking her. And so you nailed that too, where one door closes and what, what really lights you up will probably arrive on your doorstep kind of thing. Exactly. So, Cause when you look at, when you look at your business model or your, the way you do business and I, and you and I've talked about this, you've mentioned this before on the show like when you have a lull with clients or your show or whatever, you know, you have like, if you look at your business over a year or two years, you have these pockets. And of course, mm-hmm. you and I don't work for a corporation. So when we have those lulls, we're not getting paid, which can be frightening and, and kind of a drag. And I've learned over, because I've been working for myself like this for 27, 28 years now is that that's the time to plan new projects. 
like, okay, now I actually have the time to sit down and meditate with mother and, oh, would you like to do something new or, you know, research something and put something like, but I, it's hard to do that when I'm seeing clients every day or I've got, you know, a busy work schedule. It's, it's mm-hmm. tough, you know, but yeah. when I have these lows and they're on paid vacations, basically, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, it's time to rest. It's time to maybe figure out something new. Uh, It's time to maybe uh, attend to something in my home life that I've been neglecting. Uh, You know, maybe I've been neglecting my house or I don't know, but Mm -hmm. I've learned that um, somehow if I if I look at it that way and I go through it that way and like you just said go through it with curiosity love and joy um, the money comes back in another way I don't Mm -hmm. know how that works you know I'm not in charge of that but then all of a sudden you know I just get this money from other sources and or there's a whole slew of clients and you know it's just it's uh, it's astonishing how that works. There is a rhythm to it. There is. Yeah. And and something when we have a lull, something comes in to fill the gap, bring something to your awareness. It's an opportunity to pause and look around, like you said. Yeah. What's being neglected, redirected, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, and that's what I've been um, doing a lot of lately. So, it begs the question as I watch everything unfold in my little observation mode. I hope it's not as bad as it was in 2008 and nine. That was really tough. Yeah. Yeah. My question is, where's the miracle? I love how in any experience that that you can deem negative, God always makes something positive come out of it. So kind of having an idea of what the end result is, it gets like, okay, you know how to do this. And I've had plenty of, practice in the past couple of years about keeping fear out of the equation to keep a level head. So that will have to be applied. Everything we've all learned over the past couple of years, no matter what you've been through, whatever it was that you learned, this is a time to apply it with, with trust and faith and try to maintain that no matter what you observe around you or how bad it seems. I think that we have been, because it's been popular for so long in Hollywood and in uh, fiction novels and things, I think we have been fed a diet, a dy- literally a dystopian diet for the last decade. And it is, it can be hard to stay out of that kind of, you know, we're going to go from where we are now to like the walking dead, you know, next week, it's like, it's hard to say that <laughs> mentality because it's, uh, it's, we're so saturated with it. And with right. the cable news cycles, cable news, they have to fill, which is never before in the history of television or radio or newspapers, they have to fill news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is insanity. That's just Mm -hmm. insanity. And to have a constant news cycle is 
uh, it's overwhelming. That's why I can't even watch cable news at all. I can't even look at it. I can't look at it. I can't listen to it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's PBS News or, you know, New York Times or The Post or things like that or nothing because I, you know, I like the PBS News is very calm. There's no commercials. There's no, there's not a lot of graphics. There's no loud breaking news, breaking news. There's, there's no repetition. And that right. is a little known thought that I'm coming to realize as a highly sensitive person and an empath. It is the repetition of certain things that starts to pull me under. Yes. And so I have to look for informational sources that are not repetitious. And I have found that things like NPR, um, PBS News, the PBS NewsHour, uh, mm-hmm. even from night to night, there's no repetition. They are mm-hmm. might be reporting on the same thing, but it's new information. So they're not re- they're not repeating the same thing every day for three days. The only thing I'd like to add is, um, and we we talk about this stuff often about limiting your exposure to negativity like that. Um, yeah. I don't personally give recommendations on the show. But as far as what the listeners can do, it, everything that we've been saying, focusing on yourself, connecting with nature and all that, but also do what you can to boost your immune system, consult a doctor or a licensed professional of some kind, find out what would be best for you, and yep. keep washing your hands and, and be proactive about cleanliness and you know being sanitary, that kind of thing. And I tell you one of the biggest yeah. things that people they're saying it a lot, you know, on the news and and uh and I have forgotten this and I've gotten out of the habit um touching my face. I used to um when I was younger, I had trained myself to not touch my face because of the um because of the spread of acne. And oh, okay. I kept that I kept that for years and years, years, and I did not get sick that often. And I don't know what I have done, but probably in the last 10 years, I have begun touching my face more and more. I don't, I don't know if it was just, I honestly don't know why it started, but I, right. I have been noticing how much I touch my face. When I sit at the desk, I put my my. I rest on my cheek, my hand on my cheek, or I'm just brushing, you know, I I put my hand over my mouth unconsciously, and I'm like, what are you doing? That is all completely unnecessary, you know? (laughs) Uh, And it's almost become like a, I don't don't know if it's a nervous habit, but I don't, yeah, I don't know why I do it, but I I have stood back and watched myself and I'm I'm appalled, really, at how much okay. I touch my face every day, all day. And now I'm trying to make that effort again. Really conscious effort. Don't touch your face. And if you have right. to itch your face, itch it on your shoulder. Like if my nose itches, you know, 
use my my arm or my shoulder to itch it or get a Kleenex. <laughs> you know, okay. Use a, use a Kleenex, but don't touch your face because that is your mouth and your eyes and your nose are the are the gateways for viruses. Right. The gateway. Yeah. Touch my face a lot. I um. I don't. I don't pay too much attention to it. One thing that would get me to stop is if I started wearing makeup again. And make me oh, conscious yeah. of messing that up so I won't touch my face anymore. Yes, that was. Yes, you're right. That was a big mm-hmm. part of why I stopped touching my face too, or rubbing mm-hmm. my eyes. That was. I, yeah, so I wouldn't smear my mascara and stuff like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So, that might be yeah. a, a good tool. Who thought? <laughs> Who'd have thought that yeah. makeup could, uh, could help stave off the <laughs> virus sicknesses and viruses? <laughs> the plague. But, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. That's, uh, that yeah. would, uh, that'd be a great advertising uh <laughs> Marketing campaign for the cosmetic company. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't mess up your foundation. <laughs> That's right. Don't That's cute. Lipstick. Don't, uh, don't well, give yourself raccoon eyes. Don't touch your face. Yeah, uh, I really appreciated all that you said. It was so in, very in line with the way I normally, but with all that's happening, you just get a little like, oh, oh what now? Oh, no. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> terrible this way comes I don't know but I guess see what mother has to say and again ladies and gentlemen I'm just going to kind of sit back maybe close my eyes and let her do her thing and unless there's something that comes up in my mind that's really pressing I'll probably keep questions to a minimum or none at all if if, because in January transmission when she was talking about uh, equality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and went on to explain it in detail to no reason. It's it's it was so yeah. perfect. There was no reason to ask anything. So if today like that 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 would be great. And just give her free reign. I love giving her that space to do what she came here to do through you, you know? Fantastic. Awesome. Well let's get started. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Danielle. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Hmm. Hello, beloved one. Hello, mother. It is wonderful to be here with you today and all of your listeners. Hmm? Yes, thank you for being here. You are most welcome. And I thank you for inviting me. 
It is mm. always nice to be invited into one's life and heart. Mm. Yes. So today I want to talk about um, what's happening in your world and some of what I will say um, might be a little hard to digest, but I ask that all of you listen with an open mind, an open heart, and an open being. And try to set aside each day the way you, uh, everything you think you know about the way your day should go. So this is a wonderful practice, not just for now, but for good. And it's not long at all. It takes two seconds just to say, uh, Mother, Divine Mother, Eternal Father, Please help me to set aside everything I think I know about how my day should go. Fill it with love and let me just follow the path of love and light. Right? Simple prayers like that, when done consistently, can have an enormous impact on your perspective your expectations, and your assumptions, right? Uh-huh. So when you are faced with a situation that your global society is facing, one of the most wonderful parts of it is that it brings you all together It takes down the barriers of race and religion, socioeconomic class, because viruses don't care what you look like. They don't care whom you worship. They don't care where you live or how you live. They are equal opportunity. So if you think about what I spoke, and you brought it up recently, uh, moments ago, about equality, viruses, natural disasters are the great equalizer, right? Uh And so when it comes to something like this, this is where you see the light radiating from the people who are involved. Not the people so much talking about it, but the people that are involved. Those that are becoming ill, the people that are caring for the ill, and the people that are working to contain the virus, to help make sure Uh, people that are quarantined get the food and water that they need, the education, right? All the thousands upon thousands of people who are working to make sure that 
Everyone has what they need. Well, this is where people step out. And yes, there's some blame about response and all of that, but in the end, you cannot blame a virus. You can't blame this on any one person or group of people, right? This is Mm -hmm. the natural world in which you live. And it is times like these that you are reminded that you are only an animal, just like all the other animals or mammals that live on the planet. You have your own set of viruses and bacterias and uh, fungus that affect your body both positively and negatively, Um, just like every other animal. You are not naturally immune to some, but you might be naturally immune to many. In short, you are an equal part of the ecosystem. So the mythology that all of you have grown up with is the the Bible story in Genesis, the creation story. One of the most important aspects of that is when uh, God uh, makes man and uh, then uh, as from a part taking a part of man then makes woman and then turns around and gives dominion over the other animals and the earth to Adam so Adam Mm -hmm. is supposed to be this sort of benevolent shepherd looking after his flock and taking care of, in essence, the ecosystem, right? The animals and the plants and the flowers and the trees and the insects and all of that, right? So Adam looks around and says, this is all mine. And I'm given the responsibility of it. Um, But unfortunately... That is a myth, and it is a story that is passed down as a teaching tool, never to be taken literally. But what sets you all apart from the animals and reptiles and the the natural world, the insects, the trees, is that you are sentient beings. So humans at this point in time, you are the dominant sentient being in physical form on the planet. Now, that gift to be able to say, I am, I am Charlotte, right? Uh, I have Mm -hmm. my own experience. I can uh, figure things out, complex uh, things. That gift 
was never given for dominance. But it absolutely carries a responsibility. Just like each animal has certain responsibilities to their young, their mates, their environment. Um, and if it's a, like an ant colony, their community. But humans have this gift for creation, higher creation. What can humans do with the gift of sentient consciousness? Let's see. What can they do? But they were never meant to believe literally that they own or all of this is for them. That's what that story has unfortunately um, done to human beings because it's not uh, that mythology is not just in the Bible but it's in many cultures mm-hmm. and it's a mythology that you from being uh, what you call prehistory into history right Mm-hmm. Because if you are dominant, right, if you believe that all of this is yours, that it is here to serve you rather than you are here to serve it, mm-hmm. then what happens is that um, you are out of balance. You become superior. You become the dominant or as some would say, the apex predator, right? You are at Mm -hmm. the top of the food chain. So all of a sudden, having that position and uh, believing that this is all for you, well, now you are so important And everything you say and do is so important. So now uh, we have to keep a record of what you say and do. So it was record-keeping or writing things down that began civilization as you know it. And now that we're writing things down, now we have to build monuments to our superiority, temples, uh, buildings, roads, um, cities, right? the shining city on the hill that is a testament to your your superiority, right? right? But then a problem arose with that belief. If you all believe that you are the dominant, that it's all here for you, well, then you have to stake out your territory. You have to start uh, taking what's yours because everyone thinks it's all theirs. 
but it can belong to everyone, right? So people started uh, taking and then defending. And you see where I'm going with this, beloved? I think I do. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's through your existence out of balance. And what happened is you stepped consciously, you stepped out of the ecosystem, right? Because you were no longer an equal part of the whole, you stepped out and made yourself separate or dominant to the whole. Mm-hmm. And you've been trying to control the natural world ever since. Wow. Now, some people, some tribes, um, some civilizations have, um, have not gone so far down that road. And they do recognize or they did recognize that they are equal in the ecosystem, that it is a symbiotic relationship that cannot be considered separate ever, and that uh, human beings were never meant to control the natural world, but to take care of it, and then it takes care of them. That's the symbiotic Mm -hmm. relationship. Right. So now when these things arise from the natural world, there is this sort of, and I encourage you to look around people's reactions. There is a feeling that this shouldn't be happening. Who can we blame? Which government? Why is this happening? This should not be happening. If China had just uh, taken care of this early and let everyone know it wouldn't be this bad, there is always the desire to deny the natural world and that you are a part of it, as long as you all, as human beings, believe yourself separate, dominant over the natural world, you will continue to destroy said natural world. Because think about what kind of mindset it takes let's say 200 years ago in the, um, the uh, American West that men mm. would go and just uh, shoot hundreds of buffalo just to shoot yes. them. Mm-hmm. And they decimated, decimated the buffalo yes. population because uh, they could. They were... They had the power to do so. And they just would um, stand there and shoot over 
and over and over and over again. Now, what kind of mindset does it take to be able to do that? It is the mindset of separation. It is the mindset of inequality. It is the mindset of dominance. And those souls that inhabit a male, uh, a sex male body have flourished in this type of uh, belief system, this mythology, this mindset, simply because on the whole, not completely, but on the whole, men have had the physical strength to carry out that ownership, that domination, that um, claiming of territory, uh, the claiming of possession, and had the physical strength to maintain it. So this kind of belief will get you all in trouble every single time. Because you don't see in nature, if things are in balance, right? let's go back to the American West, um, without the wolf population, Yellowstone Park was dying. There was a chain of events that took place from the time there were no wolves uh, until the time they figured out we need the wolves back because the animals that were prey of wolves were overpopulating and decimating the vegetation, which in Mm -hmm. turn eroded the land and polluted the streams and decimated the aquatic uh, population, right? So you take one Mm -hmm. animal, one single animal out of the ecosystem and slowly over time, the area is decimated. So think about your history from the time of recorded history, not prehistory, but recorded history, mm-hmm. until now, human beings have taken themselves out more and more and more out of the equation. Every convenience, Every technology, every new invention you believe is going to give you more and more control and dominance over the natural world, dominating the weather, seeding clouds so that you get the weather you want, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. So when they introduced the wolves back into Yellowstone, it took a very very short period of time to bring the whole area back into a thriving, healthy ecosystem. Extraordinary, yes? 
Absolutely. So mm-hmm. imagine what would happen if you as a race stepped back into, fully stepped back into the ecosystem as an equal, not dominant, not more important, not superior, but an equal part. Can you see how that would change everything? Yes. It would oh, the, It would help people understand we're, we are guests here. You cannot own you earth. Tried for thousands and thousands of years to bend it to your will. Yes. And so if you were to think about this virus, and how it is sweeping through the human population. These are reminders that you are not separate. And it doesn't matter how many scientific advances you do. It doesn't matter how many um, vaccinations you create. And yes, keep creating them because, of course, you want a healthy population. But it's a mindset that says this shouldn't be happening. These viruses should not exist. We should wipe them out. They should not be allowed to be because they threaten, they threaten the lives of myself and my loved ones. And that is unacceptable but when you step fully back into the ecosystem you become one with the cycle of life and while you are not going to celebrate your own illness or the loss of a loved one it is much easier to recognize but it's all right. But this is just part of life. You cannot dominate or become superior over death. That has its own problem. If no one died, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone lived till a uh, hundred. Everyone. No one died yet. Everyone lived to a hundred. How long do you think your planet could sustain that? Mm-mm. Not very no. long. That's the answer. No. Mm-hmm. Not very long no. at all. But that's what people strive for. Mm-hmm. And all that they want. They want this sort of perfect society where there is no illness and no death and no suffering. But you want that dominant force, that the animals belong to you. The white rhinos belong to you, so why not kill them off? Oh, my God. Because you want to, right? The buffalo belong to you. Why not kill them off? You own them. You can do what you want with them. The whales, all of it. The air, the clouds, the air you breathe, the weather itself. 
it belongs to you. So you can do whatever you want with it. That is the mindset that is causing the problems on your planet. So each of you as individuals, because you are sentient beings, you have been given the greatest gift that can be given in this reality structure. You have an eternal soul, a spirit that lives on again and again. And for each life, you are given free will and sentient consciousness. It's extraordinary. So it's what you do with that that matters. And so when you think about this virus, when you think about how it is sweeping the world and the, all the impact to people's health, to their loss, the, their loss of family members, the economic impact, when you think about all of it, I would encourage you to take the time and sit in the ecosystem to ask yourself some questions. Do I believe I'm superior to the alligator, to the beetle, to the trees? Do I believe somewhere inside of me, is there a part of me that wants to be dominant over this, superior, in charge? And if so, why? And what are the actions that I take every day that says, mm, I own it, so I can do what I want? And these are the questions that take the blame from an individual or a group of people or one country or three countries. Uh, and this is not an exercise in blaming yourself. This is an exercise in embracing the extraordinary gift you have been given as a human being and the responsibilities that come with those gifts. Right? And it's not about guilt or shame. And it's not even about past behavior. It's about now, today. And are you willing to change that mindset? To say, you know, yes, I was brought up in a Judo-Christian society Judeo-Christian society, and yes, that whole Genesis mythology thing, uh, Adam looked out and said, hey, this is all mine, fantastic, um, I have domin- God said I have dominion over the animals and the land. Do I really believe that? Is that part of my belief structure? And if it is, how can I start to dismantle that particular belief 
structure and what does it mean to be an equal part of the ecosystem. And in order to answer that, I encourage you to go out in nature and let nature show you. Because it's not just when you're out in nature, but what about when you think about purchasing a car or a home or when you buy your products at the store? All of those things that you are being asked to buy and purchase and have and love and you have to have and this is the thing and the latest and the greatest. But how far out of the ecosystem are these things taking you? And again, I'm not suggesting that you live without electricity in uh, a teepee somewhere uh, on the land. It's not that. It's a mindset. And when you change that mindset, your life will change enormously because your perspective will change. Right? So when, when a virus like this comes, you know it comes because it's just part of the ecosystem. The planet depends on things like viruses, bacteria, fungus, to balance the population of the world's animals of which you are one. Oh. You don't get a path, right? Mm -hmm. So if there is a lack of predators, then biological elements are those predators. Because without population control, you decimate the area in which you live. And that's Mm. what's been happening more and more and more. Right. So you have to figure out, yes, you can have all your vaccines and your uh, health, wonderful science and health care and all of that, but then you have to balance it. That's why you are sentient. So you can say, well, okay, uh, we're all living longer. We don't have that many resources. So maybe as a young person, I'll only have one or two children rather than ten. Mm. That's what it is to be sentient, right? Uh, a dog or a lion doesn't get to make those choices, Right? But you see with those kinds of species, uh, naturally, a lot of the young doesn't, they don't survive. So when all is in balance, there is a balance of animal, insect, reptile, aquatic uh, populations. But when you take yourself out 
your population explodes and your birth cannot sustain it. So, yes, live longer, be healthy, uh, have vaccines, uh, fund and believe in science and the proof of what you all are creating. It's wonderful to be wise about your actions. You have the ability to recognize how your, in, your actions impact the whole world, right? Yes. Uh, and really. if you can change the mindset and let go of the myth that this is all your dominion, right? You let that go, it would change everything. Wow. So... The message today is, again, about balance and equality, but from the natural world standpoint. And if you as an individual, each of you that are listening to my voice, if you can change that mindset, here's the beautiful thing. You are one. You are connected to the whole. Each person that changes that mindset, that lets go of that old belief, that myth, you impact the collective. And then other people will start changing that mindset. And more and more and more people will change that mindset to the point where you will change the world. Wow. And you can see it in this particular uh, arena of spirituality that so many people on the planet are moving from religion to spirituality. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they want to let go of these old mythologies and they want to connect to what is, to that life force, that light, that creative energy, that source. That's what they want. And so I encourage all of you to connect deeply and bring yourself into equality with the natural world. Mm. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm here to serve all of you, to walk beside you, to remind you of your equality, and to help you see more deeply into the mindset that you have created. I'm here to serve in love and joy. Hmm? Mm. Thank you, my daughter, for having me here today. Mm. You're so welcome, Mother, and this was very enlightening, and especially in light of the fact that I don't know why, but for some reason just recently the term population control 
came to my attention and I've been wondering about it and you just basically explained it perfectly and I just I'm inspired as always thank you so much you are welcome my love Mm. namaste namaste mother Wow. Goodness. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. I I um definitely mm-hmm. something to work on cuz I I have to admit full disclosure when she said uh you know you're equal to the alligator I had this moment I was like no way. <laughs> no way. I'm more important than the alligator and it was like no. <laughs> no you're not. That was that was a humbling moment. That yes, was a humbling moment. Wow. I when she went into that whole mythology and the human and the dog, I thought, oh yeah, I I have that. It's inside me. It's inside me. And I think after thousands of years, uh, boy, we're, we probably are a little hardwired with that belief, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're talking DNA level here. Exactly. Well, exactly. That's like in our cells at this point to shift that mindset. That's a, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But remembering when she says equality, like <laughs> equal to the alligator, obviously the alligator has its niche in the ecosystem. It has its own gifts. It has its own purpose, you know, and the same for us. So, so when she talks about equality, uh, she's not talking about uh, gifts or abilities or right. talents Purpose. or do you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's different for all of us and for each beetle and snake and bird and you know whatever. So that's different right. for all of us. Uh, but whew, as far as importance goes. Right. That was that was intense. Yeah. That was intense. It every everything has a purpose and we're all supposed yeah. to be in this together and just because alligators are scary doesn't mean you have to kill them all or just because it's fun to kill animals. I just can't imagine I know feeling that way. Um, you know, people think that's sport or fun and um Yeah. Um, like I said, well, we're guests got, here on this planet. Yeah, we don't own it. Yeah, we talk a lot about being in unity with each other, right? Harmony. Why can't humans? Why can't we all get along? Why can't we be in harmony? Right. But we're in disharmony because we're not in harmony with the ecosystem, with the go. natural mm-hmm. world of which we are a part of. So how can we be in harmony with each other when we are out of harmony with the natural world? It makes complete mm-hmm. sense. Complete it sense. does. Like, it does. Oh my God! Kind of ashes to ashes. Yeah, ashes to ashes, That's dust right. to dust. Dust to dust. The primordial soup you just stepped out of as a baby, you'll go right back into. Um, <laughs> so right. we are yeah. of this planet, as Mother said. Yeah. You know, when I asked a long time ago, 
about the meaning of to be in the world but not of it. I think that yeah. kind of demonstrates, given this discourse, the uh, superiority over it in in the mindset. Yeah. So yeah. she said you have to be of it. You're in it. So to bring into very clear focus in the year 2020 that this is the mindset that is most important that we change, that will perhaps bring a bit, you know, it, the planet's going to get its balance that it needs, you know, no matter how it needs yeah. to do it and whether we like it or not. That's so that, that balance right. will be achieved. That's As uh, George Carlin used to say, she'll shake us right off her back and just keep right on going. I, so, I, yep, like a bad I'd love cold. That. She'll shake us right off like a bad cold. Is that, that what he said? Like a bad cold? Like a bad cold. She'll just shake us right off. Yep, that's that's. And exactly now we have right. a virus. Oh my goodness, how perfect is that? Oh yeah. I forgot wow. that part of it. That's right. Oh. Yeah. So it's um, yeah. I I just to sort of interject this. Um, a close friend of mine studies viruses. She had her own laboratory. She's a scientist uh, from em- Emory University, and uh, she had her own laboratory for her whole adult most of her adult career. And she was a virus. She studied viruses, and I tell you, she is such an amazing person to talk to about this stuff because she talks about, because of course she's very spiritual. Um, oh, she's been a spiritual path for, you know, decades and decades. And so she talks about the intelligence of viruses and really? their presence and why they do what they do. And uh, it's fascinating. She, I, she's one of those people where you're like, <laughs> Whenever I visit her, it's like, tell me a story about viruses, you know? <laughs> it's like so interesting. And, uh, and of course, she's talking about all this from a very spiritual standpoint. And it's in, it's, it's, it, when I talk to her about these kinds of things, it does remind me of how intelligent the ecosystem is overall. You know, it's, yes. it's mind-blowing. We think yes. we're dominant. We think we're the most intelligent things on the planet. No way. No way. No way. I mean, you just, for how one example. I know. Like, how, for the one example, mm-hmm. viruses are most, most contagious before you ever have your first symptom. Now, that's just brilliant. That's just brilliant. You are the most contagious before you start exhibiting symptoms. Now, what better way to continue uh, to ensure your continuation yes. but to be spread before anybody knows they have it? Like Silently kind of and stealthily, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of intelligence where you're like, oh my gosh, how how did that happen? How did that evolve? That's just you just got taken you. down by a microorganism. <laughs> yeah, that you that you had no idea your friend or your your family member had because they weren't sick. That's why it kind of sweeps through the household, you know, because. Yes. One person gets sick and they're spreading it around because hugging and kissing, you don't even know they're sick. 
And you know what? What's interesting is because you have um, a child in school. Uh, think about when we were kids, if you don't have children or if you have children now, how if we look at it in this new context, that the virus in the family already spread, it's just that the people become symptomatic on a, a different timeline. That's right. That's exactly So it's right. not like you gave it to them right before they got the symptoms. It spread, and then everybody just took their turn. That's right. Oh, and viruses have an incubation period, any, I believe anywhere from five to ten days before you start uh, being symptomatic. Right? right. So you've got the virus. That's the crazy part. So you're spreading it for all that time before you even know you have it. And that's why, you know, in <laughs> some way, you can't, you cannot control the natural world because it's brilliant. It's so much more efficient and intelligent than we are. Yes. It just, because we're a part of it. We're not, we don't own it. We're not, I loved when she was saying that. It, it makes complete sense. So, yeah, we're spreading it, we're incubating it, um, and then we're spreading it in turn when we don't even know we have it. And by the time we actually sh- show symptoms, we've already spread it. And not yes. inadvertently, you know, because that's just how it works. <laughs> and, and exactly to her point, the minute you become symptomatic, you look around and say, who gave me this? That's right. Or you complain, my kid came home from school and I caught his cold. Or the blame yeah. is so on point. Like, That's right. And that's why who, all the who specialists are saying, wash your hands. Don't hug and kiss. Don't go to big crowded places. Um, don't touch your face, right? Because this is how you prevent the spread, right, right. to the best of your ability. Because uh, right. if you are touching doorknobs where someone who's infected is touching the doorknob, but if you never touch your face and you wash your hands fairly often, the chances are extremely high that you will not get the virus. Right. I think so, I'll be wearing gloves, um, medical gloves. I have a supply of those. I think I'll be wearing those when I go out. Yeah. Um, I wash Why my hands not? constantly, but um, – yeah. You know, I have to say, yeah, um, you know, even some very popular TV shows are not having studio audiences to help this along. That's right. That's right. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's viruses are always about prevention. And, um, yeah, it was just awesome. Well, thank you so much, Charlotte, for having me on the show today was just wonderful. It really was fascinating. And I'm kind of fascinated by your friend that you mentioned too. Kind oh, of getting some her. ideas here. You I met did. Her. Yeah. She oh, was, uh, in, in October. Retreat. Dr. Oh. Dr. Linda Gooding. Well, you just know her as <gasps> Linda Gooding, but uh, yeah, Linda. Uh, oh. She's a, she's a doctor actually, PhD doctor. And uh, yeah, she's just awesome. She'd be you, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, I think we're very grateful to each other for coming together like this once a month. But thank you for your time and sharing your beautiful thoughts today, and bringing Mother through so that we could get this message. Um, 
she was right. Maybe some yeah. of it is a little hard to digest, but it needed to be heard. And yeah. obviously something needs to change in this world. And it kind of makes me think when she kept saying, change your mindset, change your mindset. It makes me wonder if I should change my introduction to, from change your mind, change your life to change your mindset, change your life. Interesting. Ooh. I was like, oh, that, <laughs> that kind of fits. But anyway, thank you and enjoy the rest of the month. I will look forward to meeting you back here again. And BelovedPublications.com is the website, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure all of you have it memorized by now, but in case you're new, I'm going to always give it out. All right, Danielle. Thank thank you you so much. I'll talk to you later. You are so welcome. Bye-bye, Charlotte. Mm. All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.